0: My accounts have to be readable to someone who has no idea what the life of an actor is like yeah. and knows that it will go up and down. So you need to be like, okay, I've got to make sure I, there's a threshold under which I do not earn because my accounts have to look stable. I need to look like a business someone wants to invest in. Hello and welcome to
1: a very special edition of the Payroll Podcast. This is an episode brought to you following a private QA that I had with the cast of How Love is Spelt, a play by Chloe Moss that's taking place at the Southwark Playhouse until the 28th of September. JJ Recruitment are a really proud sponsor of the show. It forms part of our commitment to supporting the careers of emerging young British theatrical talent in the UK, but more importantly, it gave me a unique opportunity to sit down with the cast and ask them some questions about payroll and the acting profession, about HR and the acting profession and about all the things that make up the career of an actor or actress that perhaps we don't consider, perhaps we don't see. Of course we're going to find out a lot more about the show as well. I think it's a really interesting insight with some fantastic actors and actresses including Michelle Collins, Nigel Boyle, Duncan Moore, Benjamin O'Mahony, Yana Penrose, and Lana Wallace Taylor, and it is, of course, directed by Charlotte Peters. The play itself is about a girl called Peter who's new in town and she's looking for romance, she's looking for friendship, and the play is all about the exciting people that she meets along the way. I don't want to give too much away, I want to hand over to the cast They give a much better account of it than I do. Most importantly, please stay tuned for what I think is a really interesting, fascinating and insightful view of what it is like to work in professional acting. The sound quality does start a little bit shaky, but will improve during the episode. So over to the cast and enjoy. So, question we have: so obviously we come from a recruitment background, right? So we run a recruitment business, but we have random, which you might know, specialisms, which is payroll, human resources, and marketing. So joining us on a podcast, we have. Let's start with yourself, Ben. Uh, my name's Benjamin O'Mani. Uh, my name's
2: Lana Wallace Taylor. I'm Yana Penrose. And
3: I'm Duncan Moore.
1: Hello, welcome. The first question we had is how do you guys manage multiple careers? Because when you're acting, I know that yourself you have a massage business. Do none
0: of these guys know about that? Ah, <laughs> I've exposed it. Why
3: oh oh. have I not had a massage? That business? Very
0: <laughs> reasonable. I, <laughs> I feel <laughs> bad. I've
1: dropped you on the first yeah. question. I've dropped you right in it. I no, don't you obviously acting is your
0: passion, right? So mm. how difficult is it to juggle multiple well, careers to make it work? I don't do much of that anymore. I used to have a couple of people who worked for me. And then I downsized the business and I decided to move away from it because it was taking too much admin time, and time. I've always done a few different bits and they've all been kind of separate enough that they kind of slot together around my time frame. I've always tried to avoid having an employer. Just like being able to have some kind of autonomy or ability to slot things in rather than having to ask for time off, which I just didn't enjoy. So, uh, yeah, that voiceover,
1: the teaching. Coaching. Does it make it difficult to focus on acting? Uh,
0: yes, to an extent, it depends how much time you actually have to do acting, like whether you know, um, yeah I think, I think it does sometimes, I know loads of mates decide to go and become personal training and train up and stuff, and they spend a few time and they really throw themselves into it, and then all of a sudden they hate the fact that they've built up this really successful job as a personal trainer because they want to be an actor, and then they loathe their day job, Sure. they feel like they're not doing their day, their real job.
1: That makes sense. So Nigel's just uh, walked into the room. Hello, Nigel. I've got a question for you, actually. Straight off the bat. So I was sat next to a colleague of mine who, this is his first piece of theatre he's ever seen, absolutely loved it. And he had no questions at the start of this, and the halftime has given me all the questions.
2: Um, (laughs) He said,
1: so I'm watching this, and yourself in the final scene. His question to me was, can you ask him what else does he do with the rest of his day? Does he literally just turn up? for the final part of the performance, <laughs> and
2: that's <laughs> it. Yeah, I literally get here about half nine, and then get my costume, no I, don't, I don't. Uh, we, all, we all get here for seven o'clock, uh, the show goes up at eight o'clock, we all get here for seven o'clock, uh, have a warm up together, that's quite important. And a chat. And a chat, and uh, review the day. And then uh, we all do our own thing, so we, we I get into costume, uh, read for a bit, and then go through my scripts, go and warm up myself. But yeah, and then, and then I don't really come on stage till nearly 10 o'clock, so it's, it's quite hard to stay, Mentally focused, but then I come down here early and listen to Michelle's scene and I kind of get myself a bit, get my head in gear, uh, sure. as it were. And, uh, you do stuff in the day yeah, as well, yeah, don't, I don't
4: you? You don't just come to the, and come like,
2: yeah. the mic? So yeah, yeah. So, and I've got two kids, so it's really busy. My wife's an actress as well, so wow. we're usually juggling juggling kids and, and kind of meeting at Charing Cross Station swapping over and going to auditions. It's, it's, it's full on, but.
1: You all play quite intense characters. How long does it take to get into character?
4: long uh yeah not very long really uh just uh I think the, the main thing for me is like energy so like making sure I've not done something in the day that, that I've am energetic enough I'm to exercise something but that I'm not too tired or that I've got that I feel like I'm in the right headspace so we might do like a vocal warm up or something all together or individually and then just making sure that we have enough yeah, enough energy to like go into it and really bring it. Just you
1: professional. Really. Yeah, have to jump yeah. straight back into it. Yeah. Michelle Collins has just uh, joined us as well. Hello. Hey, Michelle. Hello. Hey,
5: doing?
1: Hi. Was just saying how exhausting it looks to watch to play your parts. Like, <laughs> yours in particular, you have that nervous energy that goes through. I watch it and I felt mad at watching it. I sort have seen it twice now. Oh, and both okay. times I've come back and I feel tired.
5: <laughs> so it must
1: be quite exhausting. I know you've got an early start tomorrow. Right? I have got one question which um, is actually from one of our clients who said can you ask we ask each other's questions?" I'm to ask it. It's, uh, it's career orientated. They say when it comes to acting what would constitute a promotion? Is it the size of the part, the medium it's shown in, i.e. radio, theatre, TV or film or the size of the paycheck or something else?
5: It's really hard because the word promotion doesn't really come into our world. It's quite a strange... I would never... I don't really know. It's just a really... It's a hard question because... You know, your career is. I mean, sometimes your your career is guided. Sometimes it isn't. Some people go, oh, I plan. But you're very you're very lucky if you can plan your career. I think. Sure. I think it generally comes organically, and you have an agent to get jobs. So, I mean, what's a promotion like? I suppose if you do if you do did a, did a good TV role and then somebody saw you in that and then gave you another role in something else? Or, or if you do a play and a casting director comes along and then might see you for, for another play? So it's, it, it's sort of a hard question. I mean some, of course all actors have to earn money, yes. Sure. And sometimes, for me particularly, be having been a single parent for a long time, I have taken jobs for money and I would admit that. But then I've done other jobs that didn't pay at all but I really enjoyed them, and they actually really paid off in the end. So I think you sort of know, and it's good if you can sort of mix and, and match it a bit, really. But I think most people's careers, I don't know if, they, if there's anyone, really, any actor, who's had a career that's sort of gone in a straight line. I think your career's plateau. You go up and down, especially for women. It's very, women's careers are very different than men's, I think. That's interesting. Mm. Why is that? Children, family... Women don't generally get as—it's getting better in theatre. Get as good roles as men, and then women tend to give up sooner than men do. Or when men when women take time off to have children, they go back, and they're often not in the same place where they left. It, it's sort of harder to get back on the ladder. Sure. I think. And I think a lot of women, particularly sort of my, my, around my age, there aren't. Well, I would say that, the, the, yes, it's very competitive, but there are a lot of women of my age that gave up quite a long time ago because they couldn't sort of hack it, really. Right. And it yeah, and its I think it's got harder, and I think uh, financially it's a very precarious industry. Preparious I hadn't realised You shouldn't that really do it for the money. If someone says, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not a job <laughs> to do for the money, you are like mad. That. you might as well go and be a banker or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... I hadn't
1: realised that you had that... Um, that difficulty as a woman in the acting profession because that you
5: probably
3: have in your I see industry. It, I see, right? it, we see it all Into the time, right? And we industries. get the stats to come back. Yeah. yeah, and it's exactly the same, but it's also reflected in the roles that are written for women on stage. Sure. Like there's a distinct imbalance between. <laughs> I
5: mean, it's getting better, it is getting better, but it still needs to to shift, to shift more. I mean, the last couple of years, because of what's happened in the industry, at least people are talking about it now and are aware of it.
1: Yeah. So, what's the most difficult role you have played in your career with City Barry
0: and how did you prepare for that? Oh, I I'm
5: just trying to. Uh, um, oh, I did. I played a role where I had to be in AA and I'd never been in AA myself and I had to go to um, an AA meeting and I turned up at the wrong 9. It was a Boys Brigade club. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. I'd, I'd sort of got myself so hyped up to go to this AA meeting. But, oh, wow. Oh, love, sorry, that's tomorrow. AA's <laughs> tomorrow, really
4: lovely. <badly.
5: laughs> I'm, I'm just researching
1: something. I'm not really
5: that's <laughs> <about> what they <laughs> all <also>. Yeah, <laughs> i not
1: <really> an AA. <laughs> Taking
5: the method of <laughs> So I had to, and then I also had to play, uh, I did a thing called The Illustrated Mama, Jacqueline Wilson book, and I had to play uh, a woman who was um, seriously bipolar and um, was covered in, in all these tattoos. And, I di- and actually, I didn't get paid very much money for that job, and it was over the summer, but I could take my daughter with me, who was about 10 at the time, and I just had a feeling that this job was going to be good. It was a female director. It, was, it just felt good. And actually, that ended up it, when, within an international ambience, three BAFTAs. And wow. I got paid hardly wow. any money for that. But I had a really good feeling that that was going to be good. you know. And, and, I, um, and I did a lot of research for that. I read a couple of books. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you can, you, sh- you should. Most actors do. Most actors, if you're playing somebody that's sort of alien to you, yeah. I think you, you do research, mm-hmm. I think. Because you've all got quite um, varied TV, or
1: a lot of you've got a lot of TV background or film or different things. How different is it preparing for TV and film or even big, huge theatres which use numbers to something that's so intimate as a space like
2: this? Well, theatre's great because um, you get the luxury of time and um, you, you, you generally have three to five weeks rehearsal process. Uh, to really talk about the character, and I think on the first day of rehearsals, we just sat and talked about our characters. Uh, we're, we're just, with TV, you don't get that luxury, and it's all very fast. And you know, it's 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 uh, you get on set, you probably never. Let you you expected to, to be prepared. Yeah. So so you, you've got to prepare. Of course you have, but you just yeah. don't get the luxury of time, and you don't get you know with theatre you know all that kind of performance is probably speak for everyone it, it's kind of evolving a little bit and and you know certain things may change each each performance and you know and, and that's a good thing i think it it's it's uh, you know charlotte school is a really good platform uh, working with us and now we you know it's ours now and it's it's kind of we're building on it and 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 it's it's changing and it's you know it's very different because it, with TV, you're, 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 you've never seen the set before, probably, and, and you've never met the actor that you might be working with. And all of a sudden, you've got all this business to do, and you know you've got to go over there. That you've, you know, sit yeah. on that sofa that you've never seen before. It's, you know, it can throw you a little bit, but you kind of anticipate that now, and it's, you know, it's, it's different. That's good. I you had a marketing specific question, didn't you?
0: Yeah, so I mean how important for you guys is uh, personal branding in, within the active profession and how have you sort of seen this change uh, within the emergence of social media does that kind of affect the way you guys prepare for things or the way you conduct your, yourself
3: um, I, I feel like I came out of drama school just as Twitter and stuff was becoming a thing so we weren't told I know that people now are told that you have to be on Twitter and stuff and have a, an online presence but I've got jobs from being on social media. Yeah. You know, I've made life-changing uh, connections from Twitter, but I also know people that have lost jobs from <laughs> okay. being on Twitter. <laughs>
1: and that's
3: not what you want to do. So I think when you use it well, like social
1: media can can really help your career. Does it form part of your day-to-day career now,
0: though? You have to have a sort of moment of your day where you go and spend a little bit of time on social media. I, I don't, but a mate, a mate of mine who I did a job with he then went off and did a really, like, this is, he wouldn't have any problem with me saying this, but he did a relatively small part in a, in, in like a really small part in a, in a big TV show, which has a big American following and he had maybe about, I don't know, 500 600 Twitter followers, He'd done a few jobs and things like that, and he really dedicated himself to Twitter like he, he just, he did about six months of intensively tweeting all the time so he did it every time I was on the loop <laughs> <laughs> Go through yeah. tweet on the loo. He followed everyone back, and he managed to grow his following from about five hundred people to just under a million. Wow! wow. In six wow. months, got a blue tick, and has used that to transfer that in, kind of for quite a good. He, he also was the artistic director of a theatre, like a really small community theatre. He managed to create events and channel it, make whole events where it channelled a whole revenue stream of funding into supporting uh, this television show that he was in themed events around that which people would fly in from the states for <clears throat> he had maybe two scenes two or three scenes over about two episodes I'm talking like but he built it up enough that he really sold it and he turned it into a revenue stream not for himself so much but more for the companies he was part of and great. I really respected that, I thought that was, yeah, that's
1: great It's impressive gone. fantastic story mm. um, can you had a question for Michelle? in your whole
2: acting career um, what's the question you would have wished to have been asked but I haven't
5: <laughs> oh god. That's, i can't answer that question that's a really... tell me what you mean
1: like you must do loads of interviews uh, including this one and there must be some aspect of what you've done that you've been really proud oh. of but nobody's asked you about yeah
5: oh god that's a really tough one <clears throat> what would i think i think i think having been sort of had a lot of my been in a a soap a lot of the time i think people tend to what people's perceptions of you are very people pigeonhole people into we do it very much not so much in america i don't think but we do love to put people into little boxes here don't we Mm. um you know and, and and no one has ever said oh would you i've only ever done one shakespeare ever which is Romeo and Juliet, and I never went to drama school because I didn't get into drama school. I was turned down by 11 different drama schools. Wow. But look at you now. That's amazing to yourself. I'm not saying
1: that, you know, that, that, I mean, you know, I don't know, perhaps I should have gone to drama
5: school. I don't know. I might have got some
1: more checks. Maybe that's the question. Why did you get rejected from 11 drama schools? What
5: It wasn't the right time for me. There weren't many working class kids around, really, that that were going to drama school that, you know, there weren't really. You know, what was there on telly? There wasn't really. There weren't really any soaps. Um, there weren't. I mean, there were a few sort of decent dramas, I suppose, like Paper Days, things like that. But there wasn't. There wasn't that much work around for working class actors at all. And I think you know, they had their. They probably had their quota of a, of a working class sort of cheeky, mm-hmm. white girl. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, I think it's very different now, but, but in some ways I'm sort of glad that I didn't because I had a very varied career, I, you know, I, went, I started off in the fridge and then I went to Potbound pop band and diversified and did lots of different things, so of course I've had a very, very different career, but um, I don't know.
1: Recruiting top payroll talent is no easy task. And the costs of making a poor hiring decision can be very expensive indeed. Luckily, there is a solution. My name is Nick Day and I'm founder of JGA Payroll Recruitment. As the UK's leading payroll specialist recruiter, we know how to recruit top payroll talent. So if you're listening to this, worried about how you will get your next payroll out on time because either you don't have the expertise or the number of staff required to process it, why not give JGA Recruitment a call? Contact one of my team today on 1727 800 377 or visit JGARecruitment.com to find out more. You guys all know obviously know the show inside and out. You're calling it every night until the 28th of September. So there's still plenty of time for people listening to this to come and see the show. Sure, oh, yes. know. But because you all know it intimately now, which part do you think is the most challenging to play? Which one do you think is the most fun <laughs> to play? So if you could swap parts or pick a part, most <laughs> think the most fun? Peaches, Peaches. Got her yeah, yeah, I
2: don't know if any challenge. That's that's the gotta be a challenge. So, so. Don't, don't
4: apply, don't so um my character, Peter, is on stage for the whole time and she meets a series of different characters um throughout the course of two weeks. It's over set over two weeks. Um and they're all people that she meets as she moves to London. So my character stays on stage throughout and interacts with each as they come on. So I think in terms of duration and amount to learn mine is definitely the hardest but i might say that Nigel's is the hardest, actually, I think. And I think that Ben has the most enviable part. So Ben yeah. has like a really
1: fun, <laughs>
4: cheeky chappy kind nice of geeky. like uh. He's in his pants the whole time. He's very like uh, comedic, very vibrant, very energetic, and he's great. at obviously I say Nigel's is the most challenging because there's there are so many questions that people have, I feel like, I don't know if you guys have seen it, at the point at which she comes into the play that need answering in 15 minutes. And I think that that's really, and so much of the dialogue in that scene is so like broken and repeated and looking at it in the rehearsal room, it's really difficult to like find a path of, of where that goes. And I think that, I find that the most challenging scene of the bunch. What do you think?
2: Uh, yeah, well I, I guess so. But well, I love playing the part and uh, I, I, as soon as I read it I wanted to do it and um, reading the whole play, I, I don't know how Lana stays in character because, well not stays in character but without any breaks and, and plays each of those scenes where she's in a different mood, she's got a different kind of uh, outlook, it, 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 it's all it's so difficult with no breaks. And I learned the other night that she doesn't even get sick of water. I'm going
5: to in that dressing room with you for
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest thing. If you turn up my wardrobe,
5: I'm i will not let you in. I'm
2: going i
1: have
4: got hair extensions.
1: I'm extension. going <laughs> Hello. Would you recommend acting as a career choice for those that are, you know, <laughs> young, they're enthusiastic, they think, I want to be an actor, my daughter, she's 10 years old, she wants to be uh, an actress when she grows up, is it a career choice you would recommend? Y-
3: yes. No- yes. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard out here. So would I recommend it? Yeah. Whenever you ask an actor that question, they're like, no way. And we were joking about it, weren't we, but we'd never recommend it. But. I, I can't imagine ever like doing anything else as, well except for you know, the other jobs to make acting happen. Sure. I can't imagine doing anything else, but I think it is worth considering uh, the risks and the lifestyle before you enter the industry. I think a lot of people sometimes go to drama school, say they want to become actors or you know, absolutely become actors or whatever, and they don't understand what it's like to be an actor practically when you're not in the rehearsal room or, or on stage having a great time like what is it when you're like oh my god how am I going to pay my rent this month and yeah. when's the exhibition coming in and oh my god does my agent hate me?
4: And the moment that those worries and concerns start to take over the joy of the doing it bit that's when you should stop and, and i Don't necessarily recommend acting, but I recommend doing something that you love with your whole heart. Acting is not just theatre; like there are so many amazing jobs in theatre that are designing, that are lighting, that are sound, that are production, that are casting, that are like. Although the actors, the people that you see on stage, I think sometimes people think that that's all there is, and there's so many amazingly creative and. More lucrative, yeah, <laughs> like that, that jobs you can do in theatre, and it's not just about that,
3: yeah. And also, there's so much more to the job, isn't there, of being yeah. an actor than just kind of what you you see, you know,
4: in the final word or to be yeah. on stage. There's so much stuff that surrounds it. That, um, are you good at time management? Are you highly motivated when there's no one else there to like push you into sending emails? What are taxes? What are taxes? <laughs> there we go. It's like that. You just <laughs> yeah. need to... Yeah, um, yeah, all the other stuff.
1: But, but it's, it's quite fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. So, while we're talking about the payroll tax piece, when it comes to things like payroll and you're running multiple jobs and you've got different people paying you from different streams, like how complex can it be for you guys to you know, to have your payroll run correctly? If it's not, if it's not, what happens? Like, where do you go?
0: To begin with, you earn nothing. <laughs> so Really yeah. easy. And then when you do earn, it becomes complex specifically when you do earn it in different countries in different tax and different taxes, and sure that can that was the first time when I was like this is a pain real pain trying to deal with an American tax system a South African tax system and like an Irish tax system wherever you are and you're a non-domicile so you're like, you're trying to deal with those and if you're cheap like me and you can't be bothered to hire an accountant <laughs> and you hate the idea of not knowing how it works you just spend your whole time reading about weird tax rules and look like, not ways to get around it in any way, but ways to at least understand how you're supposed to do it, how you're supposed to go, but well, I've paid it there, what do I do with this and that and this. That side of it took a bit of work. But when you're not earning much, it's really easy. Yeah, you just yeah. got a, like, you've got yeah. hardly anything to put in the earning brackets and loads of the expenses and then you don't owe them anything.
4: But also, it's so variable. Like, one year mm. you can earn loads, and the next year you can earn not so much. And that's also something that HMRC make it quite difficult for us mm. in the hard to plan
0: for, right? Yeah. yeah. Because having a mortgage to know? company as well, yeah. 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 Right, so I've got a mortgage, got a house, all cool, fine. And then you come to, you realise, oh, God, I've got to keep my accounts looking really stable in a job that goes up and down sure. because I've got to my accounts have to be readable to someone who has no idea what the life of an actor is like and yeah. knows that it will go up and down. So you need to be like, okay, I've got to make sure I there's a threshold under which I do not earn because my accounts have to look stable. I need to look like a business someone wants to invest in. And also Nobody having has. to pay tax on the account, which really <coughs> frustrates oh, me. Yeah, so sure. You, know, you
2: have to pay half of what you th- what they estimate you'll earn next mm. year. Which I think it's a good thing that the government's bringing in doing the tax every three months. So. Yeah. because it's just going to kick a lot of people. There's, there's a
4: lot of backlash around that from Equity, though, which right. is our trade union, in terms of uh, making tax digital, because, I mean, there are far more well-read people about this than me, but the Equity don't like it because it's... It, they say that in the long run it's more expensive for us in terms of accountants, but also the it makes it even harder to track how much you will earn over so long, so all that... Um, that yeah. where you pay more in mm-hmm. a battle that's going to be a lot
1: more difficult I mean yeah yeah apparently it's, it makes it more hard battle. so last couple of questions so I know that you've been really kind of giving your time away this evening which is fantastic yeah, I know it's quite late and the bar is closing <laughs> <laughs> so for those that haven't seen the show yet I'm yeah. going to try and spin this around really quick so some of our listeners get access to it yeah. tell us individually or collectively a little bit about what the show is about and why people should come and see it
4: The show is about a girl who moves from Liverpool to London in search of a new life and something better that she can't quite put her finger on. And she meets all these people along the way who are inspiring and interesting and who give her something that she hasn't necessarily experienced before in Liverpool, but it doesn't necessarily go the way she wants it to.
2: People keep saying this to me, and I think we forget it. Or oh, I certainly forget it as a cast member. It's also a kind of the kind of mystery, right? It's kind of a, yeah. a kind of a puzzle as well. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot. It's not just a linear story. It's unusual, and it does, yeah, mystery.
4: But a sort of funny mystery. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. It's not uh, Agatha Christie. It's uh, it's uh,
4: It's it's re- The first few scenes are very funny
3: and very there's a lot
0: funny, of laughs.
4: Very in there
3: and, yeah. um, I remember
0: describing it as a comedy about loneliness and identity. And love. Yeah. And it's just mental,
3: mental health. Yeah. You yeah. know, a lot of the characters. Are,
5: but, but it doesn't stay too serious star. for too long. No, yeah. It doesn't
0: treat it in a kind of unbelievably heavy, serious yeah. way. Yeah. It, it, it also pokes fun at the peculiarities. All of us really, and hopefully, does it in a way that has enough energy that it keeps it and turns it into, for quite a large part of the play, something quite enjoyable to carry along with to discover the story of.
1: Mm -hmm. Right, so last question for me is going to be to the director,
5: Charlotte,
1: who is sat here listening to this as we go. (laughs) So, you've interpreted Chloe Moss's works in this performance. What's been the biggest challenge for you moving, you know? reading your own interpretation to the world. What's the biggest challenge getting into production where we are now?
5: I think
4: that when people see the play, as we were saying, it's a mystery. And so when we were reading the play, there were lots of different ways we could go with the production. And actually working out the way we wanted to interpret the characters, put those characters in front of an audience, working out the way we wanted to go from scene to scene, what we wanted the audience to get from each scene, what we wanted them to get from Peter's character, I think that's, that's been the most exciting and biggest challenge collectively because most plays give you all the information you need and this one is really exciting because you get to read so much in between the lines and as a director you get to work with a company to kind of figure those things out so I think that's been the biggest, the biggest challenge.
1: May I just say a special thanks to the cast and crew of How Love Is Spelt. As I mentioned, it's playing at the Southwark Playhouse until the 28th of September. So still plenty of time to book your tickets online. In the meantime, thank you very much for joining me on The Payroll Podcast. And I look forward to joining you all again in a couple of weeks. Take care. Thanks guys for joining me. It's been absolute pleasure. Yay. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into The Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day and I am founder of JGA Recruitment. We are a specialist payroll recruiter. So if you have a payroll vacancy that needs assistance, please get in touch. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, tune in to future episodes of the Payroll Podcast by subscribing to the show on any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.